So I'm honored to be a part of the Lord's family. His, his family is quite diverse, you really think about it. All the backgrounds and nationalities. That's all, we're all, we're all made the same through Jesus. We're all made as one. And the greatest thing I think will be in heaven will be with the Lord, of course. The Bible says every tribe, tongue, and nation. Every, every person, every tribe, tongue, and nation we represented. And we're going to be worshiping together. It's going to be awesome. And so God, God gives us salvation through Jesus Christ. It starts now. It starts today as we put our faith in him. And yet we have a hope in us that we're going to be with the Lord forever and forever. And so many people have yet to come in to understand that, that relationship with our Lord. That is so, so, I, I, I guess I don't know how to live any other way, having come into faith as a young person. And how do we come into faith is simply believing what Jesus Christ has done for us. And he's provided a way for our sins to be forgiven and for our hearts to be made whiter than snow so that we can walk not in our own strength, but in the strength of his, his power and his might. And to live every day with that hope, it's so many, I think, so many times I take for granted what riches, what inheritance I have awaiting and you have awaiting through Jesus Christ. So today I want to I talk a little bit about hope. You know, sometimes... A way to define hope is to know when you don't have it. It's an awful feeling, right? Hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. In other words, when you lose hope, you lose your, you lose your drive. You lose your get up and go. You lose, you, you shrink back. You want to kind of not want to be around anybody. You lose hope. But Jesus comes to give us a hope because he is saying to us, it, it will be worth it all. If you will trust in me, I will, I will see you through this life. I will be with you forever. I will never leave you or forsake you. And so one of my first illustrations um, from, from Scripture today, uh, actually our text will be taken from Jeremiah 29, and I'm sure it's very familiar for many of you, but I will read it because it's always good to read. Uh, the Bible says faith comes, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of, of God, a word of Christ. So when you hear it, uh, it's like we get, we get some charge. We should get some energy. There's faith that comes through hearing the word of God. So Jeremiah 29. The situation here in the scripture is that the nation of Israel had, had left God. They had turned to idols. They had backslidden. They had gone their own way. They had done things that were in opposition to the Lord. And God is getting ready to judge them and bring them into a captivity, 
and two, judgment. But he's saying at the same time, after the 70 years of the Babylonian judgment, at verse 11, at verse 10 actually, I will visit you and fulfill my good word to you and bring you back to this place. God loves to bring us back to where we ought to be. Never give up on people who have fallen away from their faith or from kind of become discouraged, become maybe kind of just in neutral, keep believing, encouraging. God is always at work to bring us back to where we ought to be. He doesn't want us to stay where, he doesn't want us to be on the outside of the, of the fellowship. He wants, to be, he wants us to be in the fold. He wants us to be in this pasture. And so he, he begins to, Jeremiah, proclaim these words, for I know the, the plans that I have. It's like God is speaking to his people. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, for welfare, not for calamity. Isn't it interesting how God says, I'm going to take care of you, your welfare, I'm going to take care of your needs. Not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. So many in our communities, in our world, don't understand that there's a God that is for them, unless they hear, unless they're encouraged through someone. But the truth of the matter is, we have a future in the Lord. Isn't it good to know you have a future in God? You have all heaven awaiting for you. And to walk with him now is the beginning and the process of, of learning who he is. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I will be fine by you, found by you, declares the Lord. What is Jeremiah saying? This is my heart. This is God's heart that you would call upon me, that you would pray to God in heaven, that you would seek him first, that you would put him in your life in such a way that he is on the throne of your heart, that all the other stuff in life, though as important as it is and it seems, and sometimes we don't know how it's all going to work out. We know that if there's a God that somehow says he's going to see it through, we have, a, we have this little word we call faith. Even though I do not understand all the details, I am going to trust God because he said he can be trustworthy. He said, I will be there when you need me. Well, there's an Old Testament interesting set of circumstances that I've, I've often always been intrigued by. And it's found in the Old Testament in 1 Kings 17th chapter, beginning at uh, verse 1. The situation here is that it, the prophet Elijah had been raised up by God. And God was doing some interesting things with the prophet. He would have Elijah... Uh, be taken care of by actually uh, in verse 4 and it shall, you shall drink of the brook and I have commanded the ravens to provide for you there. I don't know about you but that's an interesting way to live. 
He was supposed to lay down by this brook, and the ravens would bring him food. Almost so sounds too easy, doesn't it? But if you tried it, I wonder what it would be like. But the raven would show up, but then there's something very interesting happens. The scripture says that the brook dried up. Now what? The brook dries up. The, the old timers would say the cows went dry. The chickens stopped laying. You know? And shaking their heads. That was, that was a scenario. How's things going on the farm? Well, cows are drying up. You know, or the well went dry. There are things that happen. Life is full of adventure. Life is full of uncertainties. Life is full of letdowns. But wait a minute. God said, you'll be here for us. And you'll supply all our needs. I wonder if sometimes God allows these things to test us. Are we trusting in him? Or are we trusting in ourselves and our own abilities? It's a wonderful, interesting story. It can unfold. Now the prophet's wondering, what in the world? And the Lord says to him, Arise, go to Zarephath, wherever that, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he rose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and she says, Please get me a little water in a jar that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, buy, get, also please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl, and a little oil in the jar, and behold, I'm gathering a few sticks that I may go in and prepare for me and my son that we may eat it and die. There's a widow. There's a person who has lost hope. There's a hopeless-looking situation. They're down to their last meal. They're down to, or this is it. Nowhere to turn. No hope in sight. And now there's a man asking me, to give up some of my food for him. Why should I do such a thing? And so thou Elijah says to her, don't fear. Go do as you have said, but make me a little bread cake from it first and bring it out to me and afterward you may make one for yourself and for your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted. Nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain on the face of the earth. Listen. It could be that your opportunity of desperation is an opportunity for God to provide his miracle, to provide his provision, to send is someone or someone is led by the Holy Spirit to reach out to so certain people. There's many ways that God shares himself, shares his love, shares his, his, his grace. Well, one of, this, one of the things that I see, see here is that Elijah 
asked her to do something that would seem very exceptional, out of the ordinary. You mean make you a cake first when I don't have enough flour even hardly to make my son and I my last meal? Could it be that God was testing her faith? And could it be like the small boy's lunch that fed 5,000 people? Could it be that when God sees our desperation, could it be that when God allows sometimes the things of this world to become as if they were not, there are people who have lost so much um, things in their lives, have, have had loss upon loss, only to have another loss. And you wonder sometimes, is God, what, where's God? Where's, where's his provision? Where, why is this happening to me? And we begin to ask God the questions. Well, here, there's a step of faith for this, this woman to begin to, and as she followed the Lord's words, that were this, this is a promise. And she and her household ate for many days. And the bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord which he spoke through Elijah. What we want to gather from this is what has God promised you and I? What has God's promise that we can stand on, that we know for sure? This is what God says. He says, if you will trust me, I will bless you. If you will give to me first, I will bless you. If you will seek me first, I will give you all these things that you have need of. Hope. When there's no hope, there's a God in heaven that gives us hope because he saw that we were not able to save ourselves, that we were never able to be good enough by ourselves, by our own good deeds, by our own good works to get to heaven. So God's looking down and for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. So God is asking us, will you trust me with your life? Will you trust me with what you have? Will you come to me even if it's brokenness, even if it's desolation, even if it's a mess? God is saying, I want you. And I can work with you when you surrender. I can work with you because of, of a repentance. A repentance has to do with a wanting to turn around and change, doing the opposite of what you were doing and saying, God, help me to change. And that's a good thing. And though we sometimes repent, sometimes we need to repent again and again and again. The walk with the Lord is not a walk of perfection. It's a walk of allowing the per perfect one to come into our heart and live there. He makes us righteous. And so we are learning to walk with him. Why? Because he's taking us on a journey through this land. We are but, as the scriptures teach us about being a pilgrim, being a, someone that is passing through. We are on a journey. 
we're not there yet, but day by day as, it, as he gives to us, God helps us. Then Paul uh, wrote to the Corinthian or to the Philippians, rather. He was looking uh, in one part of his, his letter. He writes the words that he was looking onward. He was forgetting the things that lie behind. Doesn't matter what has happened to you. What matters is what you do from this day on. You don't. You can't go back. You can't go back if you wanted to. And God is saying, you don't, don't look and don't stay in the past. Don't live in the past. You only have today and the next day, if the Lord tarries. So one day at a time. And soon you're finding, as you take that approach, that how did we ever get this far? It's amazing. If you were to add all your steps all the things that God has told us, all, all the stuff that God has provided you with, all the miracles, all the things that he's taught you, and you add it all up, and it comes down to this, my God is a great and mighty God. He is taking me to a place that I will live with him forever called heaven. Not that I've already obtained, Paul writes to Philippi, and not that I have already become perfect, I said, God isn't interested in perfection. We cannot be perfect in ourselves. He is the perfect one who comes to make us perfect. But I press on in order that I might lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the future of the upward call of Christ God of, in Christ Jesus. What is it that you're, what is it that you're setting your hope on this, this, this day? What is it that keeps you going? What is it that gets you going and out of bed in the morning? Hopefully, it's not just just the coffee, but it's the one whom you serve. That today is another opportunity. To trust God. We have hope because he has provided a way for our salvation. We will be found by him in a righteousness that is not our own. As we seek to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and to put on his full armor, the enemy would, would love to stop you from having hope. And he oftentimes tries to come at us to say, your prayers aren't making a difference. Your God does not hear you. But he does hear all prayer when it's sincere, when it's from a, a genuine, sincere heart. God hears the cries of his people. When Israel finally began to cry out and they began to, Look up. So often we, we read the Old Testament, we see the similar story. The nation of Israel, chosen by God. The people would follow God for a, for a distance, for a degree, and then the things would begin to creep in. And they would begin to get off track. And they would begin to look at us well, elsewhere. And thus God would have to intervene, bring judgment, bring them again back to their knees, so to speak. What a, what a struggle we have with humanity. What a struggle we have to stay in track. 
what a struggle it is. But yes, though we know, we know that there is a struggle, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. The hope that exists, because God says, I have plans. So in other words, God has a plan for your life. And for us to discover what is that plan starts with the understanding that we need Jesus, number one. For me to understand what God's plan, God's heart and plan is that I might be saved, that I might know him. When I square that up, when I begin to walk in that and begin to understand that it is through my, my faith walk and through my relationship with him that the things that he allows me to do the doors that he opens or closes, I begin to sense when we talked a little bit about last week about peace. That we, and though, and though we're not sure and we're not totally, we're, we're maybe even at a bit of risk taking, we step out. If God is with us, we're going to trust God. Sometimes when we go to New territory, so to speak, or new, new, new jobs, new places, new people. Many of our folks in our community have just moved here in recent years, and they're still feeling a little bit out of sorts, right? And it takes time. When God says to a his children to Abraham to pick up everything he had, everything he knew, and move out of his, his territory and go to another place and start all over. That's hard. We trust God. Because if his word is saying it, then there's hope because there's truth in his word. There's truth. There's absolute truth. How do we know for sure? that God hears us and when we cry and we pray. How do we know that for sure? His word says in 1 John 5 that if this, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. We have to understand what is his will. The previous verses talked a, a little bit about a relationship. He who has the son has the life. In other words, if we have accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts, then we begin to know, that's the beginning point, of, we begin to discover what is God's will. So in other words, it's something we make it so hard. God has a plan for you, but then there's portions of Scripture like Proverbs 16. It says the plans of, of man belong to him, but the answer comes from the Lord. In other words, I really sense sometimes that God is saying to us, what do you want to do? What do you? What is in your heart? And God's oftentimes has already put things in our heart. We were born with, with interests. We were born with things, and yet we are just discovering what God is un, unveiling to us. We're just, we're getting to know what they are. What what is? What are we built for? What is it that makes us who we are? It's it's a process. It's an ongoing process. And so the rest, and the rest in him, to rest with assurance so when we come to the Lord, he hears us. If we know that he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we have the results which we have asked for him. It used to be a phrase we heard in the church many years ago or even 
even in recent days, have you prayed through about it? Yep. What does that mean? You prayed, you prayed through. You prayed until you felt God is going to give an answer. In other words, God is going to take care of it. You prayed about it until, you know what, this, this in, it's in your hands, Lord. I'm not going to carry that problem anymore. We have a hope that when we pray, he hears us. We have a hope that when we accept Jesus Christ, that we are made ready for heaven. We have a hope about tomorrow and the next day as he tarried. We have a hope for our kids. We have a hope for our grandkids because the same God that was, was reaching the generations before us is the same God that is reaching the yet the generations to come. Hope. Without hope, it's a pretty, what would you say, lousy, lousy, this is a word that comes to me, lousy way to live, a down, downer, discouraging, because hope, there's hope because what God has done for us, our future, can have hope, even for a widow, even for one who had been widowed, widowed, even though for those who have had loss over the year, there's hope that we can see our loved ones again. There's hope when we hear bad news. There's hope. On and on. If something didn't work out, there's still hope. God has a different direction. What is God saying? Whatever you've tried, and if it hasn't worked very well, God hasn't given up on you. You're not forsaken. You just keep going to God. I trust you anyway. I trust you anyway. Now, a new thing, a new, a new struggle, a new, a, new, a new battle. 